the, the purpose of marriage, according to Scripture, that's misleading to say because there's, there's not a single purpose of marriage. Marriage is something that, that God gave, and that's something we have to be clear about uh, in, in seeking to find somebody that will one day marry is, okay, why am I, do, am I doing this just because I want to have sex? <laughs> and, and I know I'll go to hell if I don't get married before I do it. You know, there's a lot of people raised here in the Bible Belt that that's what they think of when they're getting married. Or, um, you know, I've, I, we're, we're pregnant and, and we're not married, and if the baby's born and we're not married, that's a sin, and so we need to get married. Or what, You know, there's all these different reasons to get married. I want a tax break or I want to, whatever the situation is. The, the purpose of marriage, it, marriage is the closest relationship that we will ever have on earth. And it, it, that relationship only hints at the intimacy that we'll enjoy with God forever. And so it's kind of like marriage was God's way of, of giving us a little peek. And I, I don't mean just being married day to day, but the actual, the act of coming together as married, the act of sex. That, that's supposed to, just that, that touches on what the incredible, uh, just heightened feeling of joy is going to be in the presence of God. And so all through scripture, marriage is seen as a gift from God to be enjoyed. Not just get married so you can have children but get married so that you can join yourself to another and, and you can become one and you can experience this closeness that, that, that somewhat almost approaches the closeness, closeness within the Trinity. And the, the, now the fact that marriage doesn't mean, that's not the purpose of marriage, just to have children, because some Christ, good Christian people will say, yes, it is. When God told man, the first thing he commanded that he gave him was to be fruitful and multiply. That's a second function of marriage and a second part of marriage that's equally as good, is to bring up a family. And to raise children, There's no, it's not coincidence that God chose to save the world through his only begotten son. Even in there, you've got a family relationship, father and son. And there's this idea that family is where everything happens. And it's where people connect. And it's, it's the nucleus that, that the whole society is supposed to be built on. And then after the fall, you know, Satan came in, Adam and Eve blew it. And since then, we've had anything but that when we think about family in this country and around the world since the beginning of time. We've had, we, there's always been polygamy, there's always been infidelity, there's always been adultery, there's always been whatever you name it. And so we're, no, that's why David was talking about how confused people are. They have good reason to be because things have been messed up and, and have gotten all out of whack. But marriage is something that, I mean, I don't need to say how, that it's a good thing. That's obvious, but it, it's, it's a sacred thing. It's a holy thing. It's something, that, and that's why God wants it to be permanent. That's why Scripture talks so much that God doesn't want to see marriages come apart because marriage represents the closeness between God and people. And he, you know, His love for us, that, you know, the church is called the Bride of Christ. We talked about two fusion services ago, you know, how we're the bride. And, and that's all the imagery that goes along with it. The whole Song of Solomon, the book, you know, it's debated whether was that really a, a book about a man and, and his wife or a, a woman and her husband, or was that an allegory for God's love for Israel or Jesus' love for the church? And it was primarily a book about a man and his love for his wife and vice versa. But it was also used as imagery to show God's love for his church and for us. And so to treat marriage as anything less than that is, is to basically take the greatest gift God's ever given besides the death of his son and to, to just form and fashion and muck it up and, and then kind of throw it back in his face and say, well, this is what I think marriage should be. And that's why, not, not even going to get all political, but that's why there's a big debate in our society about what marriage should and shouldn't be, who should and should not be allowed to be married. And the reason that, that Christians, for the, major, the majority of Christians, such as myself, uh, hold that, no, 
marriage should be between one man and one woman, and that only, is not because we have a bias against uh, homosexuality or, or we have a bias against polygamy or anything. It's because that's the way God set it up. And to call anything else marriage is just making it a sham. And so that's, that's all I really want to say is just about the, marriage is a holy thing. And so as single people, if we know, like for instance, I'll be, I know I'm not given the gift of celibacy. I, I, <laughs> I want to get married. I mean, there's no secret, you guys that know me. But um, the idea that, like, if I were just to say, all right, well, I just want to get married, I'm just going to go and, and, and find whoever, you know, whoever will say I, yes when I get down on one knee, then that's who I'm going to marry. That would be making a mockery of what God set marriage to be. So because of that, that gives me hope that I'm like, God, marriage is the greatest gift in the world, and you want what's best for me uh, because it's from you. So I can, I can rest in that, even though, you know, I get tired of not, you know, being able to have what David and Jane have, a wonderful relationship, Don and Cheryl, you know, I can still rest in the fact, all right, God, you've still got my best in mind, and so I'm just going to wait because what, what marriage is, it's too important for me to trivialize and just kind of go after it. You know, those people that are just, I got to get married. I got to get married. They go to college to get their MRS, you know, as the old joke, and I got to get married. It's, it's not like that. It's too sacred a gift, and so yeah. it should be treated like any sacred thing, with care, with reverence, and, and with urgent, not urgency, with, with uh, profound respect. So single people, that's the goal. Whenever, you know, whenever we're dating, if we haven't kissed dating goodbye, you know, for those of us that may disagree with old Josh Harris, you know, if we haven't kissed dating goodbye, we should kiss the idea of casual, oh, dating just for the heck of it goodbye. Because the purpose of dating is to decide if the person that I'm going out with is going to ultimately end up to be the person I spend my life with. And, and that is, that's, a, that's, I could say, a biblical way to look at marriage and look at dating is... You are, you are seeing, God, is this person the person that you have for me to spend the rest of my life with? And we'll get into some, some ins and outs of that, but we're going to... So, it's a good thing. <laughs> that's, that's our bottom line. Is, is it better to be single? Maybe it is for you, but maybe it's not. Um, so, don't get caught up um, in that end of it. And so, on our journey so far, what we've gotten is, okay, we're confused about relationships. God doesn't give us the fail-proof system, but there's still a good thing. There's still something beautiful that God has for us that is in the result of dating, which is marriage, um, that, that's worthwhile, that's worth putting yourself out there, that's worth um, giving those things a shot if that's what you're called to do. So now we're going to move a little bit further down and answer some questions that people have.